are going out, you can turn to Psalm 142. Psalm 142, we're going to be there. And in Hebrews chapter number 4. Psalm 142 and Hebrews chapter number 4. No greater love. Boy, aren't you glad that Jesus Christ gave His life uh, for us. Um, written in red. I'm thankful, you know, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And I'm thankful, as I know you are, for what Christ has done for us. Dealing with an overwhelmed spirit. Dealing with an overwhelmed spirit. And uh, last week, um, uh, I took a survey and uh, asked uh, how many people have been overwhelmed. Everybody, except for those that lied, raised their hand and said that they've been overwhelmed in their lifetime. Uh, It is an absolute fact. I mean, absolute fact. And really, it starts early. (laughs) I mean, life uh, is, it's, it's absolutely ludicrous to think uh, that, um, that, that life is always easy. Uh, it's even more ludicrous to think that when you get saved, all your problems go away. I don't understand why anybody would believe that uh, practically. Because... Whether you're saved or you're lost, the Bible says the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. We all struggle. Uh, we all have problems. We all have issues, and um, some more than others. I'll agree with that. Uh, but they all look a little bit different. Uh, they all, you know, when we were, when our kids were, when our kids were smaller, we always made sure. Um, I, I was the I was the um, I was the OCD guy at Christmas. So when our kids were small, we had a we had a list, and I wanted all the kids to have the same amount of gifts at the same amount of gifts for all three of our kids. And Wendy go, oh my, you're you're killing me. And then when Christmas time came, I did all the wrapping, and 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 so, but I wanted them all. De- I don't want. I don't want everybody's gifts to be wrapped in the same paper. I mean, hello, let's be original. Now, they're lucky they get something wrapped at all. You know, they throw it in the back, throw some tissue, here you go. And, uh, but then, I mean, I wanted everything to look a little bit different. And, and, and when they looked underneath the tree, there were all these gifts. And some were big and some were small. And they all had different kind of wrapping papers on them. And I always used to uh, uh, tease um, my kids uh, when, I, when I was growing up. I, I never. Mom, if you're watching this, she can, she can confirm it. I barely ever got birthday presents. And if I did get a birthday present, my birthday is December 28th. Any of you that have a anywhere around Christmas birthday, sometimes my mom would take a gift from the tree. That's crazy. I'm not bitter. I'm not. I'm over it. It's been a long time ago. And get, wouldn't even rewrap it. Put it in birthday. You know, put it in birthdays. You know, when we were kids, man, we were bad. We'd count. 
One, two, three, four. And make sure that we had the same amount of gifts. I always had one less gift. But good news, I got it on the 28th, you know, for my birthday. And so uh, I was wanted to, I was wanted, everything looks a little bit different underneath the Christmas tree. Every present looks a little bit different. Every life looks a little bit different. But struggles are real for everybody. Sometimes I think we get to a point or get to a place in our lives where we feel like... Now, I think that often we, we know and know practically this isn't true, but sometimes we get to the point emotionally where we think we're the only ones going through this problem. We're the only ones that are going through this situation. I'll often hear this comment. And I know what people mean by it. But be careful of this comment. I'll often hear somebody going through a problem and they'll, and they'll say this. I don't, I don't know what I've done. But, but wait a minute. By, by the way, can I, can I share something with you? That's not theologically sound. Now, there are some times that God corrects us. Is that true? Sure it is. You know why He corrects us? He doesn't correct us because He hates us. He corrects us because He loves us. And sometimes He has to chasten us. And sometimes things get put in our lives so, because... Um, you know, because we're walking the wrong way or talking the wrong way or acting the wrong way. And sometimes those things do get into our lives because they're, they're, they're judgment. But I'm here to tell you, if you're sick because you are around a sick person, and then you say, well, I, don't, I must have done something wrong in my life because, you know, God, God's punishment. Then you're probably sick because somebody coughed on you. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we go through problems. Hey, hey, we get a, well, let me give you another example. We get a check. Get a check in the mail. It's, everybody done their taxes? They gave us an extension this year because of COVID. See, there's some good things about COVID. Extension until May uh, uh, because of COVID. And so some people put it off. I'm one of those. Some people put it off till the absolute last minute that I have to do it. And so sometimes you get a check, sometimes you don't, but sometimes you get that check, and you get that check in the mail and you go, Man. And, and you go out on a spending spree and you spend the whole check. And then the following week or the following month, you, you can't pay a bill and you say, I don't know what I did wrong. I don't know why I got it. You ain't got no money because you spent it all. You see, a lot of times we blame God that God did this because we have sin. No, 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 no. Listen, the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Discouragement comes to everybody, to the best of people. Matter of fact, Psalm 142 is David in the cave. He's been anointed king, but Saul didn't want him king. And boy, he's running for his life. Here he is, should be the best days of his life, and he's hiding out in the cave, begging God to protect him. Begging God to help him. Because, why? Because God wanted him king. Sometimes things get put in our life, uh, yes, because of judgment, sometimes things get put in our lives to, to test us to see how we're going to act. And sometimes things are put in our lives just because it's part of life. And so when discouragement comes, not if discouragement comes, but when discouragement comes, how are we going to deal with it? How are we going to deal with it? You can't ignore it. I love my, my daughter, Anna. That's, she's, in, she's, at, she's at college. 
But bless her heart, she got like all the gene, all my genes. I mean, all the bad she got from me. It's just what she likes to do. She gets into a problem and she says, "Deal with it later. Deal with it later." She doesn't. She doesn't like. That's me. If I can deal with it later, I'm going to deal with it later. I, I just. Sometimes I don't have time. Sometimes I don't have patience. Sometimes I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to get emotional about something. So I just. Stick it back there. But I want you to know something about your brain. It only has so much room. I mean, really, honestly, you only have so much space to put things in your life before sooner or later, boom, it all comes out. And I'm telling you, when it all comes out and it's not dealt with, it looks ugly. It ends up coming out ugly. Because it never got dealt with. If you don't deal with discouragement, let me tell you what's going to happen. That discouragement is going to turn into depression. And I'm telling you, depression's a real thing. And so many people are so depressed today. And just because they're in public doesn't mean they're not depressed. Just because they're in church doesn't mean they're not depressed. Some, some people are good fakers. I mean, they're good fakers. I learned through the years. I'm telling you, as a kid, I learned through the years to, I mean, really good fake being sick so I didn't have to go to school. I mean, I'd do everything to fake getting sick. Now, I never did it at Grandma's. She'd, she'd, she'd give you a teaspoon of this, I don't know, whatever it was. And, man, I'm telling you what, if you weren't sick before, you're sick now. Never did it at Grandma's. But, man, anyway, anything I could do, and I got good at it. I mean... Some people are good fakers. They come through these back doors. I mean, they come into the church. They got a big smile on their face. People are looking at them and thinking, man, they've got their stuff put together. I mean, they, I mean, they got a good marriage. They've got good kids. By the way, when you're looking, it's always greener on the other side. You ever look at Hollywood? You ever look at some of these people and think to yourself, man, man they've got everything. I mean, they've got money, they've got homes, they've got cars. I mean, they just have a beautiful wife, a, 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 a model husband. I mean, their kids are good. That's just what it looks like on the outside. Some people are good fakers. Some people not so much. But some people are good fakers. And I'm telling you, you can fake it all you want to, but God doesn't just look on the outward. God looks on the inward. And he sees the inward man. He sees what you're struggling with. He sees what you're going through. Look what David said, Psalm 142. Psalm 142, verse 1, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. He's listening. He just laid it all out there. Now, does God know? Yes. Thank you for that one person that said yes. Yes, God does know. God knows everything, right? God's sovereign. He knows what you're going through. You don't have to tell Him for His benefit because God knows your heart. Why do we pray? We pray for our benefit. We don't pray for God's benefit. We pray for our benefit. We pray to, to let it out. We pray to lay it before the Lord. We pray to cast it upon the Lord. We're going to talk about that uh, uh, next week. But he, he lays it all out before the Lord. Verse number 3, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. 
in the way wherein I walked, have they privily laid a snare for me. They're, I mean, they're out for me, Lord. I mean, I mean I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in trouble everywhere I turn. I look to my right hand and nobody cares for me. I mean, I look around and everybody's against me. I mean, it's rough, Lord. Do you know the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we can go boldly before the throne of grace? Boldly? Because you can put a good act on for the person sitting next to you. But what is your point in putting an act on for God? He sees your heart. He knows your thoughts before they become spoken words. So God knows everything about you. So why not lay it out before the Lord? Now, there are some things we share. Is that true? The Bible says to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So there are some things you may share with me and we may share uh, 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 even on the, uh, 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 on the prayer app and there are uh, some things that we share in front of the church and, and let people know, hey, listen, we need to pray for so-and-so. There are some things. Now, I'm just going to say it as kindly as I can. They ain't none of your business. Some things are private. You see, we're to bear one another's burdens, so fill the law of Christ. But the Bible also says to bear your own burdens. And there are some things that are private in our lives that, that we don't share with anybody. But I'm here to tell you, whether they are public or they are private, God knows all of them. Amen. So when we pour out our supplication, sometimes we don't pour it out to each other, but we should always be pouring it out to God. That's what David got to the place here in his life of where he just prayed it out to God. As Ziklag, the Bible says that David encouraged himself when everything was falling apart. He encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. How can we deal with an overwhelmed spirit? We started last week. We started last week with what is, a, what is the practical steps of dealing with an overwhelmed spirit? First of all, first of all, we need to count our blessings. We need to count our blessings. You know, no matter how bad life gets, if we were honest with ourselves, we'd have to say that God has been good to us. God has been good to us. Saying that God has been good to us isn't saying that we don't have problems or that we don't have difficulties. Or that we don't have burdens. Because we all do. Yes, they may look a little bit different, but we all have them. Saying that God has blessed us doesn't eradicate those problems. Can I tell you what I believe to be one of the major problems in this area? It's the prosperity gospel and TV evangelists. You know what their goal is? Can I tell you their goal now, I shouldn't say TV evangelists because there are people on TV that are good. But you know who I'm talking about. Their goal has nothing to do with you. Their goal has everything to do with greed and filthy lucre. Their goal is to get as much of your money into their pocket. They're false teachers. They're false preachers. I'm telling you, the Benny Hens and the Kenneth Copelands, I'm telling you, these people, there, there's a lot of preachers that I disagree with, and I don't, make, I don't make mention of their names. 
you know, the big toothy smile guy. You know, I, I don't mention their names. But some of these people, I'm telling you, I mean, they're after your money. They're buying multi-million dollar jets. They've got homes in places that you've never even heard of. I mean, all the... And by the way, if your problems don't go away, it's not their fault, it's your fault. You know why? Two reasons. You didn't send enough money, and you don't have enough faith. Because if you have enough money, and you have enough faith, then all your problems go away. That backache you have? Listen, just... Just go to one of these quackers and they'll just touch you and you'll be healed. I don't, listen to me, I don't care how many times it's been proven false, people still want to believe it. You want to know why? Because people want to be without problems. They want to be without aches. They want to be without pain. They want to be where they don't have to worry about money. They want to be, they want to be in these places. But I'm here to tell you that you're going to be in that place one day if you're saved. It's called heaven. You won't have any aches and pains. You won't have to worry about money. You won't have to worry about material things. You won't have to worry about sin and Satan and suffering. And you won't have to worry about any of those things. All those things will be gone. But until then, there's aches and pains. If you don't believe it, just wait till next year when you grow a year older. I used to think, did you used to think this? Probably some of you might not have thought this. I used to think, once upon a time, I used to think like 30 was like old. Right? And then I got a little closer to 30 and I thought, man, 40? I mean, half your life's over. I mean, you're, you're, you're ancient and decrepit. And then that turned to 50 and hello, folks. I'm thinking like 80, 90 some people that are 80 are thinking to themselves, now listen to me, I think when you get to a certain age, you're like, yeah, I'm old. Some people do. There are some people. I don't think Jack thinks he's old. He's 90-something years old. I mean, he, he's like, no, no, that's when I'm 100. It's always, right? It's always around the corner. It's, but every single year that we get a little bit older, we get another ache, we get another pain, we get another problem. As our kids get older, we get another ache, we get another pain, we get another problem, right? As things happen in our life, because it is, if we would grasp a hold of this truth, it is part of our everyday life. Now, can God take things away? Yeah, praise the Lord. I'm thankful for miracles because God does still do miracles, but God does miracles in spite of man. Not necessarily through man, but in spite of man. And God does it where it confounds the doctors and confounds the families. And God does exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Stop in your discouragement. Stop and count your blessings. The blessing of salvation. We talked about that last week. It's, when it comes to salvation, it's finished. It's free. It's forever. It's a fresh start. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Aren't you glad the old things are passed away and all things have become new? I mean, I, I'm telling you, I'm so thankful for the fresh start that we have in Jesus Christ and that we can count the blessings of, of salvation that Jesus Christ gave 
his life, as the ladies were singing just a little bit ago, uh, when it uh, when it come to uh, to the blood that Jesus Christ shed His innocent, perfect blood, so that we might have the remission of sin. Listen to me. Understand this. Don't don't be in the dark when it comes to this. Without Christ dying on the cross, being buried and rising again on the third day, you have no hope. This idea that you love God is only because He loved you first. We need to grasp a hold of these truths. It all starts with Him. It doesn't start with you and me. It all starts with Him. And it all starts for what He has done for us on the cross of Calvary. We talked about uh, count the blessings of salvation. We talked about counting the blessings of the Spirit. He is our comforter. He is our counselor. He is our controller. This morning, I want you to look over in Hebrews chapter 4. Alright, that was the introduction. Hebrews chapter 4. We get, we're going to get it now. Hebrews chapter 4. Now, count your blessings. The blessings of salvation. The blessings of the Spirit. The blessings of the Scriptures. If we take, if we take for granted anything, we take for granted the Scriptures. That we have the completed revelation of God. We have everything God wants us to know. Now, are there things that are not in the Bible? Yes. I think sometimes you think I'm tricking you. I'm not going to trick you, I promise. There are some things, matter of fact, God said, if we're he refused to write down everything that was ever done or ever said, the world couldn't contain the books, right? So there are things that are not written in the Word of God. But can I tell you, what he wants us to know is written in the Bible. There are some things that we don't know, and it's okay that we don't know them. But I'm here to tell you, a lot of times we don't know things because we're too lazy to look. We are apathetic when it comes to the Bible. God has given us the Word of God so that we might study it, so that we might search it, that we might saturate our lives with it. Look with me, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 11. Verse number 12, I'm sorry. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but as uh, uh, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Look at verse 16. Let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Listen to me. The Bible tells us this, and it's just practical truth. You have not because you ask not. The things that we're struggling with, God's saying, listen to me, I'm here. You got these troubles, I'm here. You got these questions, I'm here. This idea that we're not supposed to question God is not a biblical idea. You can can question God and God gives us the answer in His Word. 
He has written down His Word so that we might know, so that we might walk worthy, as the Scripture says, so that we might be examples of the believers, so that we might have hope in our times of trouble, and that we might give an answer for the hope that lies within us. God gives us His Word so that we might be in the know. Isn't it good to be in the know? You ever have somebody... They come up and you're having a conversation and they come up and, I mean, you're talking back and forth and they, like they're waiting their turn to talk, but they're kind of listening. Say, listen, this is an A-B conversation. See your way out of it. It's none of your business what we're talking about. You know, can you, can you step back a few? Some, some people, listen, some people have to know everything. Am I right? Listen. Well, I'm looking at your face. Without my glasses on, I'm looking at your face and knowing somebody just came to your mind. I mean, they absolutely have to know everything. And they've got, I mean, listen, God doesn't want us to be ignorant. You will use that word ignorant and we use it in a negative connotation. But let me tell you what ignorant means. It just means the lack of knowledge. There are plenty of things that I'm ignorant about. In case nobody's ever told you, there's plenty of things that you're ignorant about too. You just don't know about them. But one thing that none of us should be ignorant of is the Word of God. Paul used it multiple times in his epistles when he said, I would that you not be ignorant, brethren. I want you to know about this subject. And God wrote this book so that, so that we might be in the know. That we might have the knowledge. It's not just for preachers. It's not just for Sunday school teachers. It's not for just for uh, 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 college professors. We all have the opportunity to know the Bible, and it is a blessing in our lives. And we need to count it as a, a blessing—the blessing of Scripture. Allow God's word. Allow God's word in your life. If you allow God's word in your life, it'll protect you. It'll protect you. What will it protect us against? Think about this. In Ephesians chapter number 6. We know Ephesians chapter number 6 as the armor chapter. Finally, my brethren, verse number 10. Be strong in the Lord and the power is right. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The word of God will protect you. It will protect you from the foe. It will protect you from the foe. We do have an enemy. It's not the church down the road. It's not the person on the other side of the church. We don't have sections in the church so that you can avoid somebody you don't like. If there's somebody you have a problem with, you need to get right. Is that, is that what we're supposed to do? Or at least attempt to get right. Have you ever tried to, uh, get, try to get right with somebody and they don't want to get right? And you get frustrated? Listen to me, don't get frustrated. You can only do your part. You can't do the other person's part. But God help us to do our part. Because that's what we're responsible for. To do our part. And if they don't want to do their part, well, then that's, then that's fine. But it's not on you. But this idea that there's a group here and there's a group here and there's a group here only adds up to schism and division. 
And the church won't make it on division and schism. We need to be united. We need to have unity uh, amongst uh, uh, the believers. And praise the Lord, we can have that unity. And and, uh, uh, a fellow believer is not the enemy. A fellow preacher is not the enemy. I've had people, listen to me, I've had people tell me, do you know the church down the road, you know, your competition down the road? Listen to me, folks. I don't have... I don't have competition when it comes to church. I praise the Lord for every single person that's in church this morning. Whether they're here, oh, that they're in a Bible preaching church. Let me specify that, okay? This morning. Uh, why? Because praise the Lord for every preacher that gets up and preaches the Word of God. Oh, oh my goodness. Did you know that he didn't, that he, he didn't wear a tie? <gasps> Is he even going to heaven? I mean, can you preach without a tie on? Is that allowed? Now, you ain't going to see this preacher do it very many times, but that's just my preference. Did you know that they did? Did you know that? No, I don't know. They're not my... Listen, I've got enough to worry about right here in the, in the walls of this church than to worry about some other church or some other Christian or some other preacher isn't my foe. The devil is my foe. And he's your foe. And you better wake up because he's a real foe. And the Word of God, let me tell you what the Word of God do. It will protect you against the foe. Let me tell you, when he came after Jesus, what did Jesus use? He used the Scriptures. Listen, devil, this is what the Bible says. Thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord. God says, use the Word of God and allow the Word of God to protect you. Against the foe. Number two, allow the Word of God to protect you against the flesh. How many times do I say it? Probably just about weekly. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. Let me give you an example. We've gone through a problem. We've gone through a situation and we blew it. I won't even ask you to raise your hand because I'd hate for you to lie again in church. But we've all blown it. Haven't we? You ever make a bad decision? You ever do something that you shouldn't have done? Said something you shouldn't have said? You ever said something and immediately regretted it? Wish you could like take a baseball mitt and catch it? Throw it back in your mouth? Doesn't work that way, does it? Man, once it's out, it's out forever. And by the way, we have this new thing called the social media. I know it's not new in the World Wide Web, and now it goes out and everybody knows about it. I mean, it just whoosh, spreads. And you're trying to... You know, you know what you do after that? It's all maintenance after that. I mean, you're trying to get... And you know, you get right with the Lord, and the Lord forgives you. Aren't you glad for the forgiveness of God? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad God forgives us? Here's our problem. Our problem isn't God. Our problem's ourself. Sometimes we just can't let it go. Sometimes we just can't get by it. And Albert Cliff wrote a book. It's called Let Go and Let God. What a concept. Let go and let God. Let God do a work in your life. But you know what? You can't let God do the work He wants to do if you're stuck 
on the past or you're stuck on something that you just can't forgive yourself over. You know, I, I got a, I got a, a plaque in my, in my, um, in my office sitting, sitting right on my desk as you walk in. Build a bridge and get over it. That sounds rude, but it really isn't. Just sometimes we just got to get over stuff. Sometimes it's hard. I'm not saying it's an easy thing. But beating yourself up over and over and over again is accomplishing nothing. You're not succeeding. You're failing. You're not encouraging yourself. You're discouraging yourself. And sometimes when we can get past it, when we can mend a relationship, when we can get over something that we've said or done, or you know, I, I joke about uh, I joke about uh, about when I was talking about Christmas and, and my birthday, and I'm not bitter anymore. But sometimes we stay bitter about things for years and years and years. And do you know that I have sat down with people? I mean, I'm telling you practically, I've sat down with people, and I say this to somebody: Why is it you don't care for so and so? And I don't know how many times I've heard people say, you know, I don't even remember. Then it's probably time to get by it. If you can't even remember, I say this in marriage counseling all the time. One of the worst things that you can do is when you get in a fight and you get over it, and boy, you forgive each other and you get by it, six months later. I mean, you, you remember when, no, 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 you already got by that. You're not going to succeed as a couple if you constantly bring up the things in the past. We're all failures. That's it. All of sin and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Get, get a hold of it. You're going to fail. You're going to mess up. You're going to say things you shouldn't say. You're going to do things you shouldn't do. Get by it. Get right with the Lord. If you have to, get right with a person, but then get by it. I can tell you right now, I'm here to tell you, I've never, and I probably never will, share with you everything that's happened in my lifetime. Some of y'all wouldn't even believe me anyways. And if 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 I lived in my past, you wouldn't want to be around me. You wouldn't. There are things that I think about that I think if I would have done that differently, if I would have not said that, if I would have not brought this person to this place, maybe that person wouldn't be in the place that they're in right now. That's on me. You ever think about those things? Don't. Because they'll discourage you. They'll hold you back. Our flesh is often our own worst enemy. Allow God to uh, uh, get you past that. Get the forgiveness of God and get by it. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. Where the whole shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed. Taking heed to the word of God. We hide God's word in our heart so that we don't sin against God. Allow the flow, allow the scriptures to protect you when it comes to the foe, protect you when it comes to the flesh, protect you when it comes to false doctrine. And I'm here to tell you, church, it is prevalent in our world more than ever before. It's prevalent in our churches. And I'm here to tell you the reason. Here it is. 
Because people are ignorant of the Word of God. When a preacher gets up and starts waxing eloquent about how Jesus was married before, some kind of antenna should go up and you should be saying, whoa, what in the world is he talking about? Even if you can't go to a direct passage, you should be saying, whoa, somebody right about that. This idea that Jesus Christ isn't God, there should be antennas going up saying, wait a minute, something's not right about what he's saying. But let me tell you what happens. Congregations are full, filled with thousands and sometimes tens of thousands of people. And some of these jokers are getting up and just saying the most off-the-wall things I've ever heard. And people are going, huh? I mean, there's... They're, they're standing up in the front pews, raising their hands, saying, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world is this cat talking about? He's not preaching from the Word of God. He's just going, and you, you know what? You know what? <laughs> I'm almost done. Another problem, and this is hurting our churches, is this idea of experience. You see, you don't believe it, preacher, because you haven't experienced it like I've experienced it. There was a whole phenomenon that's still out there now about people dying and going to heaven and coming back. Books, movies. Listen, I leave it alone. I leave it alone. People get so stirred up about it. And here's, here's what, if I say anything about it, here's what somebody says. How do you know you weren't there? You're right. I wasn't there. But what I do have is the Word of God. What I do know is what the Word of God says. And so I can't go, I can't live off of experience. I've got to, I might have had a dream last night, but I might have had pizza late too. I mean, it doesn't mean that that, that's a, a dream that came from God. By the way, God's not the only one that puts things in your mind. Be aware of that as well. I mean, the devil's trying to, try, trying to get us off course. People. People will pot, try to put things in your mind. That's why you've got to be careful where you get your counsel. So we've got to, we've got to inundate our lives. We've got to saturate our lives with the Scriptures so that we're protected from when false teachers and false preachers come along. Write this verse down. We don't have time to go to it. But you can look it up later when it comes to this protection of the Scriptures, when it comes to false doctrine, is 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1. We've got to, to have protection. You ever been paintballing? Anybody in here ever paintball? You ever got shot with a paintball? It hurts. I'm not kidding. It hurts. We went one time... I don't. Did you? I don't. You, I don't know if you guys were with us, with a couples class at Trinity, and um, first time I ever went. I mean, I when we were growing up, listen, we shot BB guns at each other. I mean, not not paintballs. I mean, it was, so we so we was out there, and I was I was laying fire for our fort. You protect your fort. So this guy's in the fort protecting the flag, and and I'm I'm in the bushes laying fire, and man, I'm just I'm picking them off left and right. I mean, I love. 
the fact that you can shoot somebody else. I don't like the fact you can shoot me. But I'm shooting people and I'm laying down and they can't get me. And all of a sudden, whammo, back of the head. I got shot in the back of the head. And I'm telling you, from here to there was my, she was on my team! Up here's protection. We had, we had protective coats on. We had all these protect. I have no protection in the back of my head. He shot me in the back of my head. And the guy said, oh, is your partner. You're not out. I said, no, 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 I'm out. And never went back in. I'm here to tell you the devil is out there and he's shooting these darts. And he's shooting and he's shooting and he's shooting. We have protection. The protection is the word of God. The protection is the, is, the, is the armor that we put on. But man, if we don't put the armor on, if we don't pick up the Bible, I mean, the word of God is quick and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We have the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We have the protection we need. We're just not using it. And you know what's happening? We're being devoured. 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 More and more people are leaving the church. I'm not talking about leaving the church to go to another church. I'm talking about leaving the church, period. More and more than ever before. Because we have stayed ignorant when it comes to the Word of God. False doctrines out there. I mean, it's coming at every angle, these preachers. And they are so winsome. I'm telling you, they could sell ice to an Eskimo. I'm telling you, they, everybody loves them. they got these winsome personalities. Guess who else is going to be like that? The Antichrist. It's going to be just like that. I'm not proclaiming anybody's the Antichrist. I'm just telling you that's exactly what the Antichrist is going to be like. And we have got to be able to protect ourselves. And the only way, listen to me, the only way we're going to do it successfully is with the Word of God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never placed your faith and trust.